Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, May 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Elon Musk is stepping down as Twitter CEO, and Turkey is gearing up for its most important election in a generation. Plus, we'll look at how a looming debt default in the U.S. is affecting markets. If you cannot trust the U.S. to pay back its debt in a timely fashion, then what can you trust? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Elon Musk says Twitter has a new CEO, but also that he's not going anywhere. Musk tweeted the announcement yesterday. He didn't give the new CEO's name, but said she'll start in about six weeks. Musk will stay on as the company's executive chair and chief technology officer. Tesla shareholders have been pressuring Musk to focus more on Tesla. He's still the CEO of the electric car manufacturer, and it probably needs some attention. The company's share price has dropped around 30% over the past year. Turkey's longtime president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, faces his toughest challenge in years. Voters head to the polls on Sunday. They'll vote on whether to keep him in power or choose a different leader. Turkish voters are frustrated with how the government has handled the economy and the recent earthquake. Here's the FT's Turkey correspondent, Adam Sampson. I would say it's pretty tense. Both parties, President uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan's Justice and Development Party um, and Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu's party are both very, very vigorously fighting. Kılıçdaroğlu is ahead, but it's definitely by no means a sure thing. Adam, what are the big issues here? And what's at stake with this election, both nationally and internationally? So the economy is definitely the number one issue among most people that you talk to, regardless of who wins, they're going to have a tough time. You know, it's a big emerging market economy. It's like $900 billion a year GDP, that sort of thing. So it matters. Um, Turkey matters a lot politically to the world. It's in a very strategically important place. So what happens here makes a really, really big difference globally as well. So is the election expected to be peaceful? I mean, what have analysts told you? Most people think that they probably will be. There's always the chance that there can be sporadic violence, sporadic intimidation, that sort of thing. Now, there's another question about whether it's fair. And a lot of people say this is a really big source of concern. Erdogan basically controls large swaths of the media here. So he's really able to get his message out in a way that the opposition can't. He's going and giving all these giveaways. Like he just gave a really big raise to public sector workers. He's given free natural gas for a month to everybody in the country, these sort of things. So it's certainly not seen as a fair election, but people are expecting a fairly free vote in the sense that people will be able to go to the ballot boxes, they'll be able to pick their candidate, and that those ballots will then be represented when all the numbers are tabulated. Adam Sampson is the FT's Turkey correspondent. Thanks, Adam. Sure, thanks for having me. The European Union is worried about how data gets from A to B. Specifically, they're concerned that the current infrastructure is vulnerable. So the EU plans to install an internet cable under the Black Sea. This would improve connectivity to the country of Georgia and reduce dependence on cables that run through Russia. Officials began talking about the project even before Russia invaded Ukraine last year, but the war has given the project more momentum. Last year, there were explosions on the Nord Stream gas pipeline and suspicious damage to fiber optic cables off the coast of Norway. 
it got officials kind of jittery. The deadline for the U.S. government to pay back its debt could come in just a few weeks. And unsurprisingly, Congress is fighting over whether to approve more money to pay its debt by raising the country's $31 trillion debt ceiling. To find out how markets are handling the uncertainty, I'm joined by two of my go-to editors when it comes to understanding markets, FD Markets Editor Katie Martin. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? And sitting right next to her is our U.S. Markets Editor, Jen Hughes. She's normally in New York, but in London with Katie this week. How you doing, Jen? Hi, Mark. All right, so we have been talking about the U.S. debt ceiling debate, this deadline that's approaching, and potentially if the U.S. does not raise the debt ceiling, it could default on its debt. It could have an enormous effect on Treasury markets. Katie, why is that? Well, I like the way that you quite breezily say, you know, the U.S. could default on its debt. Well, it happens enough. Because, I mean, the, the debt ceiling <laughs> conversation happens regularly enough that it kind of just rolls off your back at this point. Sure, but I cannot overstate what a disaster this would be. It would be bad. For, for the U.S. Treasury's market, but for kind of everything. You know, if you cannot trust the U.S. to pay back its debt in a timely fashion, then what can you trust? This is the bedrock of how every single asset market on the planet works. So yes, there is a genuine possibility that the US could default. And I really hope that I'm not at work that day because it will, I don't honestly know what will happen in terms of the market reaction, but I do know it will be ugly. Jim, what do you think? Well, I'm going to sound like Katie when I say everything. Yeah. I mean, people are trying to look now into the technicalities of what could happen. Money market funds, for example, are trying to buy securities that mature either before the X date, which is the date on which the money stops. Which, by the way, is June 1st. That's what Janet Yellen suggested it could be as soon as that when she was speaking last week. Now, that really freaked everyone out because we were thinking second half of July or early August. And she said, actually, you've got a lot less time. But obviously, if people at money market funds are then looking to buy things that are before that date or after whatever grace period they reckon. The other thing about all this is it's not just the markets. Financial markets are going to be massive. That will have effects around the world for sure. But it's also in the US, as I understand it, a lot of basic payments from Social Security, Medicare, the rest, they also stop if the money runs out. So going back to the market for US Treasuries, how are US government bonds responding to these debt ceiling tensions? Yes, yeah, so we, we are seeing some funny moves in treasuries, particularly um, short-dated treasuries. But one of the more interesting market reactions we've seen so far is credit default swaps. Remember them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the, the deal with CDS is that you buy them if you think you're going to get a default, and then this gives you a bit of a payout to soften the blow. Um, and so they're a kind of measure that the markets use of the creditworthiness of all sorts of things, companies, governments, and all the rest of it. U.S. CDS prices have been picking up pretty markedly, and that tells you that someone somewhere, probably a decent clutch of people, are placing bets that this default could actually happen. So they're buying this disaster insurance. Even so, the levels of CDS that we're seeing now for the U.S. are not, like, stratospheric. This market is not panicking as such. And also, if you look at the U.S. stock market, it's kind of, meh, whatever. The market is not currently panicking. You know, we're not buying kind of tinned food and, and running to the hills here. Now, could that be because we've seen this dance so many times? I mean, 
It's kind of almost like a ritual in Washington. Jen, what do you think? Yeah, we've been here before and it always gets, the iron gets pulled out of the fire at the very last moment, which is what seems to happen. But also, it's not just having lots of members of Congress and senators who might not be minded to make compromises. You've got weak majorities in both houses. So they haven't got much wiggle room in their own parties to get to their negotiating point. So they've got to come up with something, a position, and then go talk to the other side. So that's just going to make it even harder. Jen Hughes is the FT's U.S. markets editor, and Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Thank you both. No problem. Thank you. Before we go, inflation has really struck home in Italy. Pasta prices have been soaring way more than the broader inflation rate. Let's put it this way. The price of spaghetti, rigatoni, penne, and other staples rose 17% in March and another 16% in April. Yesterday, after an unexpected pasta price hike, say that three times fast, consumer groups boiled over in anger. There were accusations of market speculation and calls for price caps. Italy's industry minister, Adolfo Urso, called an emergency meeting but refused to put a lid on pasta prices, one more pasta pun, I swear, and insisted they'll cool down on their own. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from Katie McMurrin, David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.